welcome to the Shedding Light Hunting Stories podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 174. All right. This episode is brought to you by the fine people over at Alka-Seltzer Plus. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. I take one sip and then... Ah, down the rest. Ooh, boy. Tell you what, if you can't tell, I've got a little bit of a cold. <laughs> but my grandpa always took Alka-Seltzer Plus. He thought it was a cure for everything. Didn't matter what you had, Alka-Seltzer Plus, allergies, uh, head cold, fever, that was it. So... I still find myself taking it whenever I got a little bit of a cold, but uh, we're getting ready to go up and see some family, enjoy some Thanksgiving things, hope that you guys are doing well. I know gun season is coming around the corner here in Ohio for a lot of folks, uh, a lot of big things, uh, muzzleloader seasons, and so bow seasons uh, in the south are still going on pretty good, I think. Uh, here the rut is ramping up down there, and uh, so good luck to everybody that's still going out trying to get it done. And I want to say this, I say this a lot, in fact, most years I'm saying this on the other end of this, so um, if you haven't got a deer yet, if you haven't shot a big buck or whatever, I want you to understand that Facebook is everybody's highlight reel. Uh, People don't post how many hunts they go out and they see nothing. Um, I I just got a guy's footage he's going to let us use for shedding light outdoors, and there's like 12 clips and it's over the course of a month. And if you look at each clip, there's deer in each clip. He's seeing deer, but not the buck that he wants. It takes about 12 hunts for that buck to come in on camera for him to shoot this nice buck. And, you know, that's so one out of 12. <laughs> and so you think about the times that you've gone out and it hasn't panned out. You know, there's just and maybe maybe you've had your chance to and you messed up. You made a mistake. Um, I've been there many years. Guys, just keep your head up. Go out, try the best you can. It's easy for me to say this after I've shot a buck and a doe and I'm pretty much done hunting. Um, but I, I remember those years, most years, I'm on the other end of it, trying to keep myself positive, remember that it could happen at any moment, trying to balance just that that goal-driven desire to get out there and also i got to spend time at home with family. This is the first Thanksgiving that I'm going to in a long time where I'm not taking my hunting gear. Most years, I'm going up to my, my in-laws, I'm taking hunting stuff with me, this year, I'm leaving it at home, which is a really weird feeling. So keep at it if you're after it. And I want to thank you guys for coming back for another episode. Uh, today's guest is a guy that has some ups and downs. Uh, and I, what I like about Jacob is that he's willing to share both of them. Now, no, this isn't Jacob, my brother. Uh, this is Jacob from Arkansas, uh, Jacob Sylvie. And um, Jacob contacted me, wanted to come on the show. And what I love about him, like I said, is he's going to tell you some great stories, some things where it worked out. He's only been hunting for a few years. But he's also going to share some of the, the heartbreaking uh, moments, too. And, and I appreciate that a lot because a lot of guys just want to share the highlight reel. Uh, so uh, we're going to jump into it. If you haven't left a rating or a review and you're listening to this, really would appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, we had a lot of listeners come on. And check out that last episode uh, where the guy fell out of uh, the tree on the way up. If you didn't listen to that great episode, I'd encourage you to check it out. Um, But anyway, we're going to jump in. Appreciate you coming back listening. And here we go. Here's Jacob. All right, guys. Well, joining me from Southwest Arkansas is Jacob Sylvie. Jacob, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Weather's been nice here. This past week's been pretty cold for some good deer hunting. Yeah, that's, it's so funny whenever you just talk to people that aren't uh, hunters and they're like, 
you know, they're like, they consider like what they consider good weather and what we consider good weather is a different thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah. it's 70, I, I it's work, great weather. Like, oh, with, it's terrible. <laughs> I work with some guys who do not like the cold and I'm always loving it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, that's good, man. What, what have you been into? Oh, mainly hunting recently. Yep. Been trying to do a good bit of it this fall. Yeah. Have lots of misses, wounded a few deer, which I'm not too happy about, but yeah, that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah. We'll get into some of that a little bit as we go, just kind of the ups and downs. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little profile there, what you do in Arkansas, and give us a little bit about uh, who you are. Okay. Well, I've been living in Arkansas for about 10, 11 years now. Family moved down here. Uh, this is where one set of my grandparents live, so we moved down to be closer to them. And I work at a sawmill just down the road from me. We make pallet lumber there. Mm-hmm. And basically just enjoying living out in the country, doing all that outdoor stuff. Nice. Where'd you move from? Um, Kansas. Kansas. Okay. My Kansas to, <laughs> Kansas my or Kansas. <laughs> okay. All right. So I got so we moved around a little bit. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I got a I got a preacher's kid on the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, preacher's kids, I don't know, they just seem to kind of get a reputation, Jacob. I, and it's unfortunate because I know they're not all the same, but there's always this uh, this uh, reputation that preacher kid is kind of wild and crazy and rebellious. Are you the rebellious crazy type, or you, you, does that not fit the profile? Uh, <laughs> not not a whole lot, but I, there is a little bit of me that's more more adventurous and yeah, taking those risks and doing stuff that my other siblings want to do. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And how many how many siblings do you have? I have six. Six. All right. So big family. Three sisters. Oh, man. So big family. So what what was that like growing up with with that many people in the house? Oh, it was nice. Sometimes it can get a little annoying having to share your stuff and everything. (laughs) But it's it's nice having that that, that, um, comradeship and being right. able to talk to them and and sure helps when you got to like work in the garden or something to have more hands <laughs> that's that's true that is true um so t- I'm, this makes me interested then you know even more so i always like to get people's hunting background so did you start hunting when you were in kansas or not till you got to arkansas not not till i got to arkansas and okay within just in the past like five or six years i've been hunting okay gotcha so is it something i I was 16 when you were 16 okay gotcha Mm -hmm. so is it something that your siblings got into or how how did you get into it um my my oldest brother was the first one who went hunting i i I was born in memphis tennessee then we moved to st louis so until i was five and so I've always I grew up in the city and then we moved to Kansas out into the country and we met a guy there who did some hunting and he took my oldest brother hunting, but I was too young then to hunt and 
he never got a deer there in Kansas, but he shot at a buck one time. And so I, I kind of knew about hunting and it kind of had my interests, but I, I was just too young back then. And then we moved to Arkansas and we didn't really have a place to hunt at first. But then we eventually, I got a place that I could hunt on when I was in my late teens and started hunting then and just fell in love with it. Hmm, that is interesting. That's really cool. So kind of brother piqued the interest a little bit and then you got to go later on. So tell us a little bit about, I'm just kind of curious. So you didn't really have, it didn't sound like you had anybody really showing you the ropes necessarily, or or did you, did you have somebody kind of showing you or did you have to just kind of figure it out on your own? Yeah, I, I would say I figured it out basically on my own. I, I, I made a lot of mistakes at first and just kind of learned, learned the hard way. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes that's the best way though it makes you appreciate it whenever it, it comes together so tell us about those yeah, first you definitely. know few hunts and those those years give us some stories there about your early experiences and kind of how that all that all worked out okay so the first year i ever shot at that we had a cow pasture behind our house and it was mid-morning i'd gone and just walked out there to see if i could see any deer and at the back of the pasture along the fence line, there were some oak trees. And I, there were some does feeding around underneath them. So I I snuck up as close as I thought I could safely get and knelt down and took a shot. And they all what, ran what, off. And Are you using a gun, boat, recurve? Yeah, using? a rifle. Okay, yeah, using uh, a rifle. Right. Okay. And so I went and looked for blood. I didn't see nothing. And I saw a bullet mark in the, in the tree. And. So I missed that time. Mm-hmm. And then we moved a little further down the road and I'm hunting a different property. And I guess the next shot I got on a deer, it was an eight point buck. He was coming across the pasture. I grunted at him and he kind of looked my way, but just kept going. He was too far to get a shot then. But then a little while later, he came back through and he came like, to within 125 yards of my stand and I took a shot missed he ran out a little further and stopped and I shot it again and he dropped but his head was still he was holding his head up mm. so that kind of worried me and after a few seconds he got up and started walking away and he was right there by the fence line and he got I took a few more shots but he got into the brush across the fence line and I never found him. I didn't find any blood or anything. So I don't even know where hmm. I hit him. Man, so, that's tough. That's a tough yeah. that's a tough way to start. I I once shot a doe during muzzleloader season a few years ago. And it was a similar thing. Like I dropped her and I was like, all right, she's down. And then all of a sudden I look up and she pops back up and takes up over the fence. And hmm. I had my uh, the landowner had a track. I had a dog that would track. We tracked her for it felt like a half mile to a mile. I don't know how far it was, but eventually it just, mm-hmm. she crossed more property lines than I had permission to go on and never found her. So yeah. sometimes it's just, yeah, that's, that's frustrating and unfortunate when that happens. Yeah, definitely. And then I started, I guess I, I started hunting with a bow that fall. Okay. And I had a, I had a small six point, that came out on a trail about 50 yards from where I was set up 
And I grunted at him, and he kind of looked over at me, but he just headed on down the trail. And so I climbed down from my stand and walked over to the trail to look down it because there was a white oak tree down there that I figured he was going to. And when I looked down, he was heading back my way. So I mm. jumped over in the brush about 10 yards off the trail, and I'm waiting for him. And then all of a sudden, he pops out on the opposite side of the trail out of the brush. He'd gotten off the trail and got into the brush and was sneaking up on me. And so he's coming head on at me like 10 yards away. And so I start to just draw on him. I get a half draw and he looks right up at me and I'm sitting there trying to hold still at half draw <laughs> and he turns and runs. But that was my first close encounter with a deer. And that just was very exciting. And it just started that desire in me to bow hunt. Yeah. There's nothing like that, right? We've all had that experience mm-hmm. of some sort where it's just like, it's different than being 125 yards away from one. It's like whenever you get oh, up eye, yeah. eyeball to eyeball, whew, that's, that's exciting there. Oh, totally different ball game. <laughs> so where does it go from there? Then that January in 2019, January, 2019, late January, it was a cold windy kind of rainy dreary day and i was out in the back of the pasture behind our house sitting in a little grove of trees and it was getting close to getting dark and i was just sitting on the ground i was hunting with a recurve crossbow then okay. and all of a sudden these these two small bucks come out of the out of the fence line and heading toward me and they're gonna pass me about 25 yards and they're kind of small, and we have a three-point rule here in Arkansas. And I thought one of them had three points on one side. And so I took that shot, and I saw the arrow hit kind of back and high. And he took off and ran back into the fence line. And I got up and looked, and I saw some blood. It had some lung blood. And so I started tracking him, called my brother, and he came back and helped me track him and we searched around in the woods for a little while and we kind of lost the blood trail and we thought we were going to lose them. And then my brother happened to shine the light and saw his eyes shining and he was laying in the woods and, but he was still alive, but he couldn't move. He was just barely able to lift up his head. So we, we got like 15 yards from him. He was just sitting there staring at us. And so we were just waiting for him to die. We backed off a little bit, turned the lights out and waited probably 30 45 minutes and checked on him again he was dead so that was my first deer to kill that oh, was wow. pretty exciting but he and that's with a, a re, with a recurve crossbow yes a recurve crossbow just a cheap one i found on ebay i was just yeah. trying to find something cheap that i could hunt with and it got the job done i've killed three deer with it actually i've killed my biggest buck with it oh cool I'll get into man. that story later <laughs> so you get that first one down how does that feel to finally you've had some misses unfortunate events and here you finally get one uh how, how does that feel it, it it felt pretty good it was it felt good for it all come together and felt like i could actually kill deer now <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of um it's a weird thing isn't it because it's, it's like in your mind i remember being it's been a long time since I've, I had to go back in my memory to think about this, but I remember for so long, it took me forever to kill my first deer. Um, I, I would hunt with these guys, do deer drives, 
And I remember one same thing. I shot a doe one time. She jumped up and took off and never found her. And so finally, whenever I shot my buck, first buck right between the eyes and he rolled down and died right in front of me, it was just like a uh, tremendous okay. weight off my shoulders because it was just like, mm -hmm. holy cow, I, I can actually do this. Like it is actually, it's kind of like the first turkey I shot. Like, hey, I, I, this is not impossible. And I'm still yeah. feeling that way about elk. I still like, I've hunted three times, three trips for elk and haven't got one yet. <laughs> so I'm still kind of <laughs> waiting for that feeling to happen there. But yeah, you get it it's like just crazy. Yeah. You know, you keep trying, but eventually when it happens, you're like, hey, this is not, um, it's not a, an impossible thing. So it kind of makes you excited to go yeah. out and go, go after it again. Yeah. It's not a waste of time anymore. You're actually showing something for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. So from there, you shoot this, this, uh, your first deer there, uh, with recurve crossbow kind of bring us through the next, uh, that was 2019. So what's, what's been happening since then? Well, just mainly been shooting some does after the, the year after that, I shot a couple does mm -hmm. and wasn't able to get on any bucks. And then that that was 20 fall of 2019 and 2022 or 2020 yeah. and then in 2020 fall of 2020 and 2021 i didn't get anything okay. uh, that season i it was a complete blank out and and then <laughs> yeah. the fall of 2021 i got a new deer lease that's actually just like two minutes from the sawmill where I work, which is kind of nice, mm -hmm. small 20 acre track, just some pine timber, half grown pine timber. And the year I lease it, they come and cut, uh, thin it out in August. Oh, and I've been getting pictures. I've been getting pictures of nice bucks before then. And the bucks just disappeared after that. And so that was a little disappointing. So I start hunting that and opening morning of bow season, I see like eight deer. They're all does and I almost get a shot at one. And so that, that was encouraging to see that there are that many deer on that property. It's kind mm -hmm. of like a travel through spot for them. They travel through it. There's bedding right next to it. Yeah. And so during muzzle loader season that year, I shot a doe. And then that takes us to November 5th. I was okay. hunting with that, re that recurve crossbow and it was just about to get the last 10 minutes of shooting light. And I hear something coming up through this little dry Creek bottom that's on the prop that runs across the property. And I see this nice buck come out of there and he's about a hundred yards off to my left. And he's just sitting there looking off to my left behind me. And I, I don't think I'm grunting at him because I was afraid I was going to scare him off. But he was just sitting there looking for the longest time, seemed like forever. Mm -hmm. And then he starts walking the way he was looking. And I think he's going to walk out of my life. Oh, man. And then I look behind me, kind of checking where he was going. And I see a doe heading my way. And he's right behind her. And she comes right in front of my stand, like 10 yards. He comes 20 yards, stops broadside. So I take aim with my crossbow and let one fly. And I see it 
go right into the lungs and he takes off, runs about 60 yards. He stops, looks around a little bit, and then he just falls right over, dies right there. Oh. That was that was very cool to see. <laughs> and <laughs> I he, bet. He was, he was a nice eight point, almost, I could probably technically call him a nine point, but According to the measuring rules, the one point is one eighth inch too short. <laughs> oh, gotcha by an eighth. Okay. Yeah, but he he scored out at 120 inches, and it was just it was a, very much a relief to see him fall. And it when he fell, I was just like, I finally did it. I finally killed a big buck. Yeah. It's just something I've been dreaming about for the last couple of years, and it just it finally happened. Yeah, it's it's so interesting whenever you don't really have anybody taking you out and kind of guiding you and giving you those ideas and what to do. And, you know, also, I mean, one of the things I do whenever I take people out is I try and coach them in that moment. Like, okay, take take your time, flip your safety off, breathe, you know, and you got when you have somebody coaching you through those those things. Like I had my dad that kind of did that for me whenever I was a little bit younger. Nothing with bow hunting. I was like you. I, I kind of had to figure it out. But it's um it's different. It's different whenever you're by yourself and you just got to try and go out there and, you know, there's a thing called YouTube now and that helps, but still nothing is like being in that moment. (laughs) And sometimes it just takes some misses and it takes some, I I, I think about, I think I've said this on the show before, but the first, let me think about it. I think it was the first four, at least first four deer I shot with a compound bow. I spined every single one of them. Um, dropped them on the spot. Now, granted, I mean, it's better than a gut shot. I mean, but it's yeah. not, you know, you're able to get a follow-up shot pretty quick and it, it ends pretty quick, but still, you know, it's just like those first four, it just like, I was just obviously holding too high and, uh, just not compensating for the angle and all those kind of things. And, but when you finally make like that double long, great shot and they just topple over in front of you, that it's just it's such an amazing feeling, isn't it? <clears throat> hmm yes Uh, that's cool so so that was that was definitely a very exciting hunt for me (laughs) yeah so you get get yeah go ahead from there and i shot two more does during rifle season after that on that property and then december the 5th a month after i shot my eight point it was still rifle season, but I hadn't got one with my um, recurve bow yet, and I only had one tag left. So I decided to just go ahead and start hunting with my bow, during, even though it was still rifle season. And there we now, now I, this is just a a, nor, a normal recurve, right? No, it, it's the one I made. Oh, okay, Hickory. Okay, is this the recurve crossbow, or this is something different? Uh, this yeah, this is just a regular recurve. Yes, just a regular uh, recurve, and you made it. Yes. Oh, that's impressive. What made you get into that? Like, how did you decide to tell me about that real quick? I'm I'm just interested in you making your own bow. I've I've always liked archery, and I as a little kid, I would even like just take a stick, bend it, and put a string on it and try to shoot other sticks out of it and and then i when i was like 16 17 i just took oak sapling and whittled a bow out with my knife and 
then after doing a bunch of research online, I eventually um, made went to Home Depot and got a red oak board and made a longbow out of that. And then um, I don't know if you've heard of Clay Hayes. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I watched some of his videos and just started taking the stuff that he taught on his videos and just started making bows. Just found a hickory tree in my woods and cut it down and split it up and just started making bows. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with Clay because I watched that. Well, I knew him from before, and then all of a sudden I'm watching alone, and there's this guy on there. I'm like, no way, I know this guy. Like, I follow him on Instagram, <laughs> and I was, I was rooting for him the whole season, and it was just awesome, you know, very awesome to watch. So. Yeah, yeah, that was Oh, that's that neat. Cool. All right, so take us back to December. You now have a bow that you have – created yourself which to me adds like a different element to this story like i I can't even imagine like what that must feel like to have a weapon in your hand that you know you've you've crafted yourself that's pretty cool yeah it it is it it does add to the accomplishment a little bit and i haven't really i haven't shot compounds or anything i've the only bows i've really shot are my own so i don't know Mm -hmm. how it is shooting other bows yeah but i had my recurve hickory recurve with me that <coughs> night got off work went to my lease we'd had a cold front come in that the day before so i figured the deer would probably be moving and right right close to dark i looked behind me and i saw a buck coming from my right behind me and he came and i had corn in front of me about five to ten yards in front of me he came and he stood about five yards in front of me and I went to draw on him and he heard me draw because I, I was just right on top of him and it was a quiet night and he heard me draw. So he threw his head up and ran a couple yards away. He was probably about eight yards then, cording away pretty hard. And so I just followed him and shot one into him when he stopped and it hit high and back and he took off and ran toward a big bedding area on the property next to me so about when it got dark i climbed down and was looking around and i couldn't find any blood so that worried me a little bit but i knew because the shot was high it might take a little while for him to start bleeding figured his chest cavity would fill up with blood first and so i give him i go back to my truck and give him 45 minutes to an hour and I come back in and I start, I just start walking the way he, the way he ran. And I only found like one speck of blood 50 yards from where I shot him. And there mm. was nothing else. And I just kept walking the way he ran. Cause I saw him run all the way to the neighbor's property. And so I just start, I went on the neighbor's property and it's like really thick young pines and briars and stuff. And I just start walking around the area where he ran in there and I can't find any blood. I can't find anything. And so I'm just kind of grid searching and I just about gave up and I just started as there was kind of a pretty distinct trail. And I thought I'm just going to walk down this trail a little ways and see if I can see anything. And I'm walking down it in about 30 yards into the property. He's just laying there dead. I was <laughs> very ecstatic to find him. <laughs> yeah it was it was a very great relief 
that's awesome. So it sounds like he didn't go very far at all, really, and you were able to make no, a good, he, good enough shot that he, he crashed somewhere along the way. Yeah, he ran about 150 yards. Mm, that's but I was, awesome. I was very surprised to find him with that only that one speck of blood. <laughs> Man, that's just got to really be, like I said, that's got to be an incentive accomplishment to be able to take with – a bow that you created, you know, that you put time and effort into that you practice with and go out there and, and take a deer with that. Uh, just describe a little bit kind of, you know, is that something where you're like, man, I've got to do this again. Is it you, I guess what I'm driving at is, do you have to create a new bow and do it all over again? Or do you just want to keep shooting that thing over and over again? Because that's the bow that you made. Um, I I did kind of like that bow and I didn't know if I would shoot it again this season. I want I wanted to make a new one. Yeah. And I did make a new one and actually started hunting with it and then missed a few deer and it's a little higher poundage and I thought I may have overbowed myself. So yeah. I have gone back to that recurve and that's what I'm hunting with now. Okay. And I, it, I asked it was let, me, all, let me let me preface that a little the way I worded that was weird. My, my buddy Trav <laughs> My buddy Trav, he switches bows like he switches underwear, right? Like he just like he he'll get a bow, he'll shoot it, become really proficient with it, and then he'll kind of get bored with it and he'll move on. Like that's just his way with like the trad world. Like he he'll get really really good with a bow, and but some people they seem to get married to a bow. Like once they get a bow, that's their bow for life, and they're gonna stick with it. And I just wondered if you create your own bow. I would have a hard time like moving on. Like I'd have a hard time like saying, okay, I'm going to shoot anything else. Cause it's like, well, that's the bow that I made. There's something kind of special about that. So I was just curious how, how that, how that worked for you. Yeah. I, I'll always shoot that bow. And, and with, I would, I might like be that type that would move from bow to bow. But since I make, I make like for friends and, people I know, I make bows for them. And so I'm always making these new bows, shooting them, test them out. So I'm always shooting new bows. So I kind of get that. And, but then I have my, my bow that's kind of mine that I don't have to get a new bow. I'm always shooting these new bows, but I never gotcha. keep them. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. I can, so you try some others out though. And yeah, yeah. that's cool. Uh, that's cool. So from there, uh, any more deer since then? Or are we are we still on the hunt since since that deer went down? No, the the next deer I shot after that was the one I shot this year. Oh, okay, gotcha. And how did, how did you get your deer this year? <clears throat> um, with the muzzleloader. <laughs> oh, muzzleloader. All right, gotcha. You said that. Yep. Cool. Um, so, that's awesome, man. I guess I could. Before I got the deer with the muzzleloader this year, I'd, I'd shot at a couple deer. I mm -hmm. The first one I shot at this year with my bow, with the new bow that I made, I actually wounded. It was, it was just a young doe, early bow season, and I shot, and I hit her, like, above the spine in the back strap. And she ran off and the arrow pulled out and I never mm -hmm. found any blood or anything. So 
that was kind of a little discouraging way to start the season off. Yeah, for sure. And, and then I, w- I went to some public land near me and went a mile back in. I'd never done that before. One morning, just picked a spot that I thought would be a good spot. Went a mile back in, set up over a good oak tree. And I saw quite a few deer. Had uh, 16 hogs come in on me that morning. (laughs) They smelled me and took off. I don't know if you guys have hog problems in Ohio. but Uh, The only hog problems I have... Yeah, my, my father-in-law, he's a hog farmer, and so if a hog gets out, that's that's the only hog problem we have in, uh, in Ohio. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we have we yeah. have feral hogs all over the place down here. But and then I had two does come in from behind me and they were past me on my left at like twelve yards and I stopped the biggest one. She was probably the biggest doe I've ever seen. And I shot right underneath her. Mm. and so they they took off but i was i was very glad to be able to find a spot like that that a new deer were going to be coming through and have never ever been there before just put yeah. it out on the map and go back in their blind yeah and that is that's a sense of accomplishment for sure i've i've been able to do that some yeah. this season more than i have in the past man it feels like it wasn't even me. Um, friend Riley was coming to his grandpa's and, uh, we hunted together one day. And then I had this spot in my mind that Travis Shire and I had talked a lot about, uh, since it's just been years and years. And I'm like, I really feel like this spot would be a good spot. And sure enough, last week, Riley went in there, hunted that spot with my stuff and was able to, to, to shoot a deer. I'm sure I've probably told this story in like at the intro of this probably already, but it's just that sense of accomplishment of picking this spot on the map and kind of, Figuring it out, man, that's that's a pretty cool thing. Mm, yeah. I've, I've been learning about that a lot more this year. I've been hunting public a lot more and just finding the spots on the map that I think would be a good spot for deer and going back in there and actually having deer come by. That's been something I'm doing a little bit more this year. Mm-hmm. So after after that one... I think I missed another doe okay. with my bow. And then uh, a few weeks after, this, it was November 5th, actually, a year after I'd shot that, my big buck, I went to the same public land, but set up on a different spot. And I just, same thing, picked out a spot on the map. And it was, there was this like five acre marsh. And it looked like there was, a ri- well what i call ridge this is a this public land is creek bottom so it's pretty much flat but then mm-hmm. there's what i call ridges and like elevations of like six to eight feet and okay. that's normally where the white oaks are and the bucks like to um walk down those that's where i find a lot of buck sign has a lot of underbrush on them and so i it looked like there was one of those ridges running along that marsh so I decided to set up to where my scent would be blowing into the marsh. And I, so I walked back in there and it was about a mile in. And I found right on that ridge, there was a white oak that was dropping and there was a fresh buck rub underneath it. So I thought, okay, this is a good spot. Had a tree with really good cover right up there on the edge of the marsh. 
And I got up in there. I was only like seven feet off the ground. And five minutes after I got in, everything all set up. I hear something coming. I look and there's an eight point buck and he's coming right to me. And he walks about six yards from me. And there's a branch running like right on the bottom of his belly. But I can see white above it. And I almost didn't shoot. But I thought, I'm not going to, if I hit it, I'm not going to hit his vitals. It's too low. So I can still shoot and I'm not going to hit that. And so I decided to take the shot. But I think just that branch being down there, it had me worried and it made me aim a little high. And Mm -hmm. I shot right (laughs) back. He, he, He ducked too. So that was part of the problem too. And so he ran off little ways he was probably about 15 yards and then he started to walk a little bit he was about to walk into an opening about 17 yards away and i stopped him and he was quartering away and i probably shouldn't take him the shot because i don't really feel comfortable shooting past 15 but mm-hmm. i told myself in the moment that i could and yeah. i let the arrow go and it hit him square in the neck mm. And I could tell it was like it didn't hit him in the spine or the jugular. It was too high. It was like right above the spine there in the neck. And so he took off. And he took off, went, ran a little bit. Then he stopped about 50 yards away. And I saw him walk off. So Mm -hmm. I I thought maybe I got a vein or something or an artery, maybe that that might put him down. So I got down after five or 10 minutes and just went to check, see if there was any blood and he ran past the tree and broke the arrow off. And right there, I saw some blood on the ground and then about 10 yards farther, it just started like pouring blood. And so I got excited. Then I decided to get climbed back up in my stand and wait at least an hour before I tried to track this blood trail. So that's what I did. Had a spike come in and he I think he saw me moving. I was trying to take a video of him. And, and he ran off. And so I got down about 30 minutes before dark and just started following this blood trail. And I could just like walk it. It was there was a lot of blood. And so I was getting a little excited about that. And I not too long after I started walking this blood trail deer jumps up and takes off and i couldn't Mm. tell if it was a buck or not but i thought that was him he was bedded down and i just spooked him and he's and the deer was blowing and running and it wasn't stopping and i was like oh no i just i just messed this up but i decided just to go ahead and keep following this blood trail and i found out it didn't even go to where that deer was bedded down that was just a different deer so the blood trail went a different direction so I kept following that and it kept getting less and less and getting a little worried. I was just looking around, hoping I'd see him laying somewhere. Yeah. And it started getting just specks. And one, one point I saw like a piece of a blood clot. And then after that, it really got less, just a speck every now and then. And he was headed toward kind of toward this deep Creek. It had like, six foot high banks. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of, I'd lost the blood trail then. So I just kind of walked down that Creek hoping he'd 
tried to cross and fell in or something, but I didn't see anything. And mm-hmm. then I kept walking and I came on this like really thick young pine bedding area. And I figured he probably headed into there and it was actually on private land. It was off the public now. And so I didn't really want to go any further and I, there was no more blood trail. Yeah. So I think, I think his wound just clotted up and I think he survived. Oh man. So that was, that was a little disappointing. Yeah, for sure. Jacob, I, I appreciate what I appreciate about you is you don't just tell us the good stories. <laughs> you tell us the ones too, where it's real, you know, and especially anybody that uses a recurve trad bow, they probably have more of those stories than, you know, um, than what they're willing to admit, because it's just, it's one of those things that they call it a struggle stick for a reason. There is just, it takes a yes. great amount of discipline, a lot of time. And unfortunately it, it sometimes takes mistakes, you know, where you learn in those moments and you realize, okay, I can't take that shot or I, I can't do, I can't do this. And it's, you know, there's a lot of learning that goes into that type of thing. And it's um, definitely a challenging thing, but it is one of those things I know from my buddy Trav's experience that whenever you, whenever it starts clicking and you finally start kind of figuring out what makes you more consistent as a shooter. I know for Trav, he went through a lot of training, uh, did Joel Turner and uh, several other things. In fact, he has a video on our YouTube channel about just kind of how he went through um, this, this, this thing. He almost gave up shooting Trad bow um, on more than one occasion. And then uh, went through some of these courses and kind of settled in and, and had it not been the mistakes, you know, those things now, now he's very rarely does he make any shot like that. That's not a lethal shot. In fact, all of his deer this year were, were dead pretty quick. And, you know, it's just, um, so yeah, it's it's definitely a we never try to shoot a recurve, especially not a recurve with lessons to learn there for sure. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this year has definitely been harder with the recurve, and I've actually had some thoughts of like taking some courses, like the Joel Turner course, and because mm-hmm. I I've realized when I have a deer underneath me that I'm gonna shoot, I can't. It's hard for me to focus. I a lot of times after I make a bad shot, I realized I did not pick a spot. I did not anchor real good. I can, I did not hold and make sure I do a good release. It mm-hmm. just kind of all falls apart in the moment when I've got the adrenaline running the deer underneath me and I'm afraid he's going to spook any minute now. Oh, so yeah. I, that's definitely something I need to work on. <laughs> yeah. And that's just one of those things, Jacob, it's just going to take time and it's, I feel the same way. Like I've had those moments uh, this year out of any buck, out of any any you know deer that I've taken, the buck that I shot this year was one of those moments where I held it together. Like I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. He showed up. I had to point the camera. I got the camera, let go of the camera, drew back, settled in, stopped him, and then picked that spot that I just felt was good and then let it go. And I mean, in looking back, it was a blur, but I remember I had enough control in the moment to remember, hey, don't I, I have a bad history of like aiming a little bit too far back on a deer, like not f- keeping close tight uh-huh. to that uh, pocket on the leg. And I remember in that moment, like my brother had like ripped on me before about that <laughs> after my last <laughs> doe. And uh, so in that moment I was like, 
you know, it, it just clicked in that moment. And that's the first time I think out of any deer that I've shot that I've really been able to kind of do that, you know? And so, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I just think every hunter, we're all on a, we're all on a journey and we're all taking steps just to try and be better than what we were the last hunt. So I wouldn't beat yourself up. Just keep yeah. at it, man. So, I mean, you've had some success. That's the cool part. Like you've had, you've had, you've yeah. tasted the success. And so I would imagine that it's, it's right around the corner for you. Yeah. And, and it's encouraging when I practice now, I can see yeah. I have improved my shooting at least than what it was mm-hmm. a few years ago. <clears throat> And just the, the I, I know I can make a good shot if I can just keep it together. So that's <laughs> <Yep. energy. laughs> yeah, that's good, man. So, what's the game plan for the rest of the season? It's uh, now in Arkansas. It, tell me about this. When is your kind of peak rut? Is that is it peaking like right now, or is it has it already kind of came and went? Basically, right now. Um, Now's the time. Yeah. Yeah. It. It. It probably starts second week of November, maybe first okay. week. And I can tell, uh, I'll go ahead and tell my muzzleloader buck from this year. That story. Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, the, opening, the opening day of rifle season, and I decided to take my muzzleloader hunting on my deer lease. And I'd, I'd met the, the guy on the lease next to me the day before. So that was that was nice to meet him and just kind of connect since we were hunting right next to each other. <laughs> and he shoots an eight point that morning, and then about thirty minutes later, this little six point comes through, and about thirty yards from me, and there he was with another deer, but the other deer spooked and ran the other way, and he was coming through kind of fast. So I just stopped him and just um, put the sights on him took time to take a steady shot and <coughs> fired and when the smoke cleared he was running away and his he i could tell he had a broken leg and it looked like the bullet went right through the heart and it actually it it tore up the front of the heart mm. and he ran about 75 yards and i heard him crash and so that was that was nice to get a deer after all the misses and bad shots I'd had earlier in the season. <laughs> I bet, man. That's a good way to good way to make yourself feel a little bit better there. Yeah. And that's then awesome. And then about a week ago I went to some public a new public piece that I'd never been to. And I I was there with a friend. He was hunting with a crossbow and he, he likes to walk around and sit in the spot a little bit and walk around and just hunt off the ground. But I got up in my tree saddle over a little watering hole on a dry Creek. And there was a white Oak there that was dropping and there were some pretty fresh buck scrapes. So I thought I'd sit there and I, I had a couple of does come through, but they didn't come in the bow range. And then I had this eight point and he came right down the Creek. He was walking right toward me. He was about five yards away and right toward that water hole. And he looked up at me and he just took off. I don't know what made him look up. Maybe he saw the steps on the side of the tree because he, it was the way he was coming in. He could see him sticking out from the tree and he may have seen Mm. that and just kind of looked up to see what that was. But, and then right, like right at dark, I heard like running through the woods. And there was a 
a buck. It may have been him. He was chasing a doe like all around me, like full speed chasing. So that's why I know the rut's really on right now. (laughs) (laughs) And they were, they ran over to my right and they ran back. And then the doe like ran right underneath me and he, the buck started coming toward me and he kind of slowed down and he walked out from behind a tree and I stopped him. He was about 10 yards and I shot and I could tell I hit him and he ran off and I found, got down, found a little blood and I had, it wasn't a great blood trail. It was, but there were some, good spots where there was a good amount of blood so me and my friend trailed them in about 500 yards and we kind of lost the blood trail then so and I kind of wrote it off as another wound and but I went back the next day and decided to try to pick up the blood trail again and I followed it another 400 yards just a speck every now and then and he he headed right toward this really thick bedding area I walked around there a little bit, and I I couldn't see him. I I think it's just another deer that I wounded that survived. Mm. (laughs) But that's the last deer I've shot at this year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, man, it's, uh, yeah, like I said, it's one of those things where I think, you know, you just keep at it and keep practicing. You know, you got to, at a certain point, you got to kind of take self-evaluation. Okay, what am I doing and what can I, like what you just said a little bit ago, it might be time to take a class or might be time to do something. Mm -hmm. You know, the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again. So it's kind of like, I think there's a lot of guys that unfortunately guys that don't realize that they're like, you know, I'm just going to keep doing this and eventually it'll work out. Well, every now and then it's good to evaluate kind of what's our tactic. What are we doing? Um, You know, this year, one of the things I did is I looked at, the whole reason I got into saddle hunting was so that I could be lightweight and so that I could hide behind the tree and be, um, you know, be able to have that, uh, advantage last year, I got picked off a ton. And I realized that a certain part, part of it could be because of my camera equipment. I had this big old camera and I had a, I had broken the LCD screen on the side of it. And so I mounted a giant monitor on top of it. So I just picture a deer walking by and they're looking up in the tree and I'm trying to hide behind the tree, but I got this thing sticking out that just doesn't look normal. And it's, and I'm moving that Mm. thing around trying to get their video. And I just got to thinking, I was like, I need to invest in something different. It was just one of those moments where I was just like, okay. And it was heavy. I'm like, I have to look at what I'm doing. It's not, there's something I'm doing that they're picking me off. So what, what can I change here? And I made that slight change, didn't get picked off nearly as much this year, hardly at all, actually, this year. And it worked. Now, was that it? I don't know, but that's hunting. It's trying to figure out how can I take that next step to make sure I don't make those mistakes and just do a little bit better. So good on you for, for figuring that out and, and making some of those those game plans for the next time. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try to change up things, maybe try to when like a deer's coming in, say I'm gonna pick a spot and say when he gets to this spot, I won't shoot him till he gets there. Yeah. Or maybe say like when I draw back, I'm gonna tell myself pick a spot because I haven't yeah. been doing that. Yeah, maybe that's, that's decide good. to do something like that, change something up like that. <laughs> uh, a mantra I know with the trad guys, it's 
and this is in the Joel Turner course, I'm pretty sure, um, or the push guys, they have a lot of stuff on this too, but it's all about that mantra. Trav, um, I don't remember exactly what his is, but it's, it's similar. He picks a spot on the deer. Like once he sees that it, it's a buck that he wants to shoot, picks a spot. And then he has a thing for when he draws back, how he comes to full draw and then how he pulls through, you know, and just that whole thing. And it's different for every guy. Um, but having that in his mind, that really has helped him become a more controlled shooter in that moment. You know, like you said, keeping it together. And uh, But, yeah, man, I, I'm sure you're going to figure it out. You've already had some success, so I'm sure that'll it'll pan out for you. And we'll be able to have you back on the show to hear how, uh, how, how it worked out for you here in the future. Yeah, I hope so. I'm planning on going back to that public where I hunted this past week. Maybe this weekend I'll get in there and maybe shoot something. That'd be awesome, man. Well, Jacob, I enjoyed the stories. I enjoyed talking to you and kind of hearing uh, some of just your journey from how you started to where you're at now and how you're continuing to grow as a hunter. And uh, pretty, pretty awesome. I don't think there's too many guys that have been on this podcast or who have listened to this podcast who've shot a deer with a recurve that they've made. That's pretty awesome. So, congrats there, and I appreciate you appreciate you giving us some time tonight, man. Enjoy the stories. Enjoy the stories. I did enjoy the stories. I appreciate Jacob coming on and uh, sharing that with us. Loved how he got his own deer with his uh, with his own bow. That's pretty cool that he made there. And you know I, what I said at the beginning is true. I love how Jacob was willing to tell not only his good highlight moments, but also some of his low moments, some of the bad shots that he's made, mistakes that he's made, and uh, he was honest about that. And I appreciate that. You don't see that all the time. In fact, whenever I think about videos and things that I put out there. Um, man, I've done that before. I've, I've shared, tried to be like honest and real. And when you are honest and real on the internet, sometimes you get hammered by people. Um, <laughs> I put a video out there a couple years ago, of a buck I shot kind of high and low and it ended with me getting a deer, but that didn't really seem to matter. I, I lost too many people on the way because they just couldn't, I got some really nasty comments on that and it makes you sometimes not want to share things. <laughs> And so once again, Facebook, social media can just become our highlight reel um, because we're too afraid to post anything otherwise or somebody might rip on us. And and I just think about life. If we're honest, like Facebook and just those kind of things, we all want to share like those good moments, the good things that we do. You know, the like as I record this podcast, like I, I think about we all want to share like us doing fun things. I'm going to post pictures of me and my kids and fun things. But what I haven't told you is that in the last... 15 minutes, my daughters are in the other room. My daughter, my wife's at an uh, eye appointment. We're getting ready, getting ready to go to Thanksgiving. And my daughters have came in like 13 times and interrupted me. And I've, I've maybe lost my temper a little bit. <laughs> and that's something that you wouldn't know unless I told you right now. Um, we all have these moments, good and bad. And, and the beauty of it is that we have a God who works through not only our good moments, but also the bad moments, the evil things that happen to us. You know, if it were up to me, I, man, I might just choose all good. Um, I would, wouldn't let any bad slip in. You know, you think about the stories in the Bible. Um, you think about, like, Joseph. If it were up to me, I would never, like, allow Joseph to go into slavery and, and all those things and be stuck in Egypt. But God foreknew what was needed. He needed somebody to prepare the people for a famine that was coming up that would deliver his people. And he chose Joseph for that. And Joseph tells his brothers in Genesis, as for you, what you meant evil against me, God meant it for good. 
you know, I think about Esther. Uh, this is a girl that her whole nation is enslaved, and she's taken captive and made to become a bride of the king. She has to become a queen. And, I, man, I hate that. Like, I would never want that to happen. But God used her to save the entire nation and the people and blessed her life through it. You know, a lot of times we don't like the bad things, the bad choices that we make, the things that we've done. We try not to do those things. But the beauty of it is that we have a God that that works through us and accepts us and loves us despite the bad choices that we make or the bad things that happen to us. So maybe you've been dealt a bad hand. Maybe you've made some bad choices. You've got a God that can work through that and make good out of it. And that is so encouraging to me. I'm thankful for that. Uh, and I, I'm glad because I've made a lot of mistakes, not just in the deer woods. And, and God has somehow, um, in all of that, he had a way of working through and making it be something that would be good. And uh, so I hope that's encouraging to you. Hope that you guys have a great um, uh, you know, holiday season as we get into it. Thanksgiving just passed. And I tell you what, uh, it's it's good just to be around family and enjoy those things. So that's it for today. If you'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on and hear your hunting stories. Please leave a rating and review wherever you can. If you'd like to reach out in any other way, send us a message over on Facebook, Instagram, Shedding Light Outdoors. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Uh, Travis Shire's video is done and should be coming out here pretty soon. Uh, my buddy gave me that footage of a 160-inch buck coming in that he shot. I just watched it. Pretty good stuff. So I uh, hope that you will check all that out. And until next time, I would encourage you to remember to <laughs> shed the light.